1: Hola, Moi! Guten Tag! G'day! Howdy! Jambo! Bula! Welcome to the Normal Not Normal podcast from myself, Oliver Phelps. From yourself, Oliver Phelps. From us, Oliver Phelps. And me, James Phelps. You're not us, Oliver Phelps. You're always trying to get in. I was a lead, that was a perfect tea up there to say... From me, Oliver Phelps, and you say, "I'm me, James Phelps, or M.Y. James Phelps. Already banged on with uh, your rant this week. But anyway, Oliver, do you want to tell us what we're doing in this series? Yes, that's right. In this season, we are talking to some of our favourite people to find out what normal means to them. And let's face it, if normal even exists, or if it's just a word what's just loosely thrown about to describe something. As in, as in your normal is a lot different to my normal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very sure of that. So today, uh, our guest is a guy called Matt Hampson. So in 2018, Matt founded the Get Busy Living Centre, which is a rehabilitation facility for people who have suffered catastrophic injuries through sports and other illnesses and activities. We first met Matt uh, about five years ago, and I first saw him a little before that. I was watching a TV programme called The School of Hard Knocks, which was when two former rugby players used, to, used rugby to help people who were struggling with their life. And one episode, they brought out a guy to talk to the team. And what I saw literally changed the way I view the world. After I finished watching it, I sent him a message on Twitter to say, if there's anything I can ever do to help, please let me know. So then a few months later, I ended up playing in a charity cricket game. uh, And the charity in question is the Matt Hampson Foundation. So, in this as well, we talk about a scrum, and that is when there's eight players on each team, and the front row is three players. So, if you get both your hands and put three fingers up, put them together, slide them all the way, and then into the knuckles, so they're fully interlocked, that's the scrum. Now, Matt's position would be the equivalent of the middle finger. And the day in question, in March 2005, when the accident happened, Matt was in the middle. The scrum went down, so it collapsed. So guys lost their footings and whatever. And he, unfortunately, his neck took the weight of the other 15 members of the scrum. Which resulted in an injury to Matt, which left him paralyzed from the neck down. It's very much a story of how things can change in an instant, but it doesn't mean that your life stops moving. And if anything, it does take a, different, a totally different trajectory to what Matt was planning to do with his life. But what he's done subsequently since... Uh, the events back in 2005 has shaped not just his life, but countless other people's as well. A couple of things to bear in mind while listening to the audio, that Matt does have uh, the use of a ventilator. So if you hear like a a noise in the background, that's Matt's ventilator working. But we'll leave all the explanation for the rest of it down to Matt. Matt is one, I would say he's one of the reasons why uh, I've, I personally have got quite a positive outlook on the world in general. And I'm so, so glad that he's here to speak to us today. So without further ado, everybody welcome, Matt Hampson. So the whole, the whole process of what we're trying to establish while we're doing this season is what is Badly. normal. Well, bad, yeah, we're, we're we're learning very badly anyway. What is normal? Like, what is people's perception of normal, or is it just a, a phrase? What's loosely yeah. about? So, so when you were when you were growing up, what would be? What was your? Did you have a, a normal upbringing? shall we say in every sense of the word? Or what was? It, what was it? What was it like for you growing up?
0: My mum and dad are from a very sort of humble background and very very sort of normal background, whatever normal is. Um, they they're from Bolton, so up north, so they've very much got that. Uh, working class mentality and just to say crack on really. Um mm. I, th- I think my mum and dad have always like, sort of said like we're we're from working class um, background so you know just just sort of crack on with with life and make the best in life and, and try and improve yourself. I was an absolute nightmare child. In what way? I was just hectic and busy and you know, my my dad was my dad's a builder so I, I he was we, we lived in a, a little thatched uh, cottage and I jumped off the uh, the it was my dad was re really thatching the roof and I jumped <laughs> off the scaffolding when I was sort of two years old. So um, yeah and yeah, I was just an absolute nightmare growing up. Um, and so my mum and dad wanted to sort of channel my energy into um, something. And rugby was sort of my calling, really, when I was five years old. So I went there for the first time uh Oak Rugby Club. I, I cried my eyes out the first time I went there. And then I absolutely loved it. I loved the sort of camaraderie and the social aspects of rugby. And I was a pretty, pretty big child as well. So, um,
1: <laughs> You're the perfect rugby player.
0: Yeah, it was sort of my calling, really. So, yeah, it was great. Rugby was great for me because I'm not particularly academic. Um, I struggled at school. And I'm dyslated. So um, I very much found it very difficult to find something for me to channel my energy into. Um, so rugby is my calling.
1: So it was obviously a, a strong talent for it as well. Is that just something what made it go right way through, and you thought to yourself, right, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to go pro, I'm going to stick with that and play for the Tigers or or, or whatever professional outfit.
0: Yeah, I, I I didn't really have any other option. Rugby was my calling. That, that was it really. <laughs> I I really struggled at school, um, and yeah, I, I I didn't really have much going for me. So rugby was rugby was my goal. I, I absolutely loved it from then on, really. So.
1: And to be in with a team like Leicester as well, because Leicester, especially at that time, were the dominant force in Northern Hemisphere rugby, weren't they? So as as club teams go, yeah, to be involved in that atmosphere as well. I'm assuming it was quite a. Uh, a you grew up quite quickly being around some of the characters in and around that club.
0: I I played for Tigers in the twenty ones when I was seventeen years old, so um, that was. That was pretty tough and then and then I, I just saw like the, the icons of the game like Marlon Johnson and Austin Healy and Lewis Moody and all those guys, so they were great, you know, they you had to earn his stripes, they didn't really talk to you to be honest with you, uh, and you had to earn his stripes and just crack on. Um Tuesday was Fight Club um, <laughs> in the academy. Is that is that um, a real and, thing
1: <laughs> Fight Club at, at Leicester?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Wait. So, so what is it? So, what is it then? What is it then? Is it is it exactly what it sounds like?
0: Yeah, we 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 used to maul. Um, I don't know if anyone knows what a maul is. Um,
1: That's basically an organised fight, right? Yeah, we, we
0: we had we split the teams in half, and then we just basically just chucked the ball in the middle, and then we just used to get the crap out of each other. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very very. Sort of humbling to do
1: that. <laughs> good, good. So, so in terms of like when you when you got into that, that 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 whole setup, obviously, I suppose sacrifice had to be made to do with training, to do with touring. Like, did you miss out on the whole, you know, partying, going down the pub or whatever with like friends regularly at that age?
0: Not at all. Um, to be honest, we I I wish I was more professional than what we were. So we used to train hard and play hard, and then we'd go out and um, yeah, it wasn't particularly pretty so we go out and go out into Leicester afterwards and um I remember the first away game that we played we played at Barker's Butts which is in Coventry and um after the game we we were given a crate of beer so yeah it was um very much that amateur evos really
1: yeah burn the candle at both ends yeah yeah
0: and um, one that I wish you know in hindsight I loved it Um, and But in then other aspects, it probably wasn't the best, really, to do that.
1: <laughs> if we could then go to March 2005. Uh, you're at an under-21 England session. Yeah. Um, you go to practice a scrum, which your position was right at the front of. Could you explain what happened next?
0: There was a Tuesday... Before the Friday, we were due to play Scotland in the Six Nations Championships. We were at Franklin's Gardens and we went into a routine training session and we, we went into a thing called Scrummaging, basically where two packs of big guys would fight it out uh, for the starting place on the Friday night. Um, I hit the scrum and the scrum collapsed and I basically said I can't feel my arms and legs." sort of in the blink of an eye my life changed from, from being a young fit sportsman to next being sort of paralyzed from the neck down um i was very fortunate to have tony spreadbury uh, there that day who um is a famous referee and he, he's an ex-paramedic so he he resuscitated me and um and then i then i woke up during the, in the ambulance and uh i was struggling to breathe um and and obviously I couldn't feel my arms and legs. Um and then the next thing I know I was I woke up and stamped out of the hospital in yeah. a high dependency ward and um yeah, just being terrified and frightened, frightened frightened to death and I was sort of in and out of consciousness and um yeah, it left me paralysed from the down and able to move out the end of the ventilator. So obviously changed my life forever and um, Yeah, it changed a lot of people in my life and their lives forever as well.
1: Has the accident changed the way that you personally think of disability or it's disability but it's not the end of everything?
0: Uh, Disability's changed a lot since my accident and I think you can do a a lot, lot more in this situation. I think travel's a lot more accessible and I think um, people have a better understanding of disability now. I um, think the Paralympics in in twenty twelve made a massive difference to to people's sort of um, perceptions and their their understanding of disability. Um I didn't know anybody disabled before my accident. I didn't know anybody in a wheelchair so I think I have a have an understanding and I'm at the centre and um, at and my home, um, I, I'm treated still the same old Matt, I'm still the same old person, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I think that's mm. massively important to um, let yourself not be defined by your wheelchair and your disability. To um, to, to put you know, to make, make the most of the situation and say, Look, I've had an injury, but I'm still making the most of my life, and um, I want to still
1: achieve i suppose in the last few years that you've been dealing with this and getting everything going you've done more than many like multiple people have done in a lifetime for a certain cause or just i suppose the openness with it i mean i remember when we were at mike Tyndall's golf day at the belfry which is a bit of a um uh, alcohol fueled day shall we say anyway and we were i remember we were, we were sat there and they um you, you gave a presentation about where the money being raised on the day would be going to and there wasn't one like normally when you get a big room full of people you can have someone who's had a couple of drinks you know still talking but everybody to a person was deathly silent just listening and could see your vision and how how passionate you were about it but also seeing the blueprints of what the center was going to look like and everything like that and then I think the best thing was that obviously the next the next year is seeing the okay we built the center this is what it's like and seeing that um, seeing the progression of it. So is there any way you could give us any examples of people who say have come to the centre, who have been obviously affected uh, physically with stuff? Can you give any examples like that? It's
0: a guy called Henry um, who had a meningitis, a rare form of meningitis, and he has neuropain um, and he's basically paralyzed from the waist down. And the way he um, has improved himself, I've, ne- I've never seen him down. Um, I've always seen him in a positive uh, mood, and that's that's not put on. He, he basically um, has his neurobane, which um, he can't even, people can't even touch his skin, or he can't he can't even bear to wear a T-shirt some days, so he has to be sort of bare-chested some days. And um, the way he moves on with his life is unbelievable, and he he's almost... Uh, like I said, at peace with his injury, um, and makes the most of his life, and you just know that he's going to go on to achieve amazing things.
1: Yeah, can you can you explain where the where your motto came from? Get busy living, because it's such a powerful and yet simple message. Where that where that came from?
0: So, when when Paul Kimmage, uh, who wrote my book, um, interviewed me, he he basically asked me what what is your favourite film films were a massive well they still are a massive part of my life um and yeah he he basically said what's your favorite film and i i replied back with Shawshank Redemption and um he yeah he he, he basically went into a lot of the sort of narrative uh, with my book is from from that film um Shawshank and he yeah he, he took the get busy living or get busy dying message and he he put it into my book and um yeah that, that sort of stuck really and the, the get busy living message um came over and that, after all that's all we've got in life isn't it i know at the moment everything's sort of on hold um but we will get there and the, and the get busy living message um applies now more than ever and um I think it's a it's an amazing an amazing message and like you said it's very simple but very very much um, what life's all about really
1: you daryl and tony showed me around the center last year i popped up and that's first time i've seen it from not being the drawings or the videos you can actually feel the energy and i'm not saying this to blow smoke up wherever but you can actually feel the positivity of of everybody in there and everybody's there for each other
0: yeah and there is such a great positive energy there and you do feel i i personally feel like i'm the biggest beneficiary of the foundation i go up there and i take so much energy from that place um upstairs you you work hard you may not walk again but um i think you work hard and try and improve yourself physically. And then downstairs is where the sort of understanding and the, the friendships and the, the, the mentoring um, happens. And we, we all support each other and we are not one big family, really.
1: Yeah, because I suppose that without the... Obviously, you've got the, the physical side of it as well, but without that mental aspect to it as well, that togetherness, that's that's just as strong, isn't it? That's just as an important side for it.
0: It's amazing how much sort of COVID's affected that... Um, and they. I don't think people really appreciated how important the social aspect of what we do. Yeah, is and we we have a WhatsApp group and we we talk to each other on a daily basis. Um, and to share experiences and, and to just share share normal life really, which is the. You know, if it's somebody's birthday or, or somebody has a child, um, it's it's great that we've got a WhatsApp group that we can all share that with, and, and um, yeah, it's important.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, would you say then that there's certainly more needs to be done in terms of understanding disability on the general basis?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think there's always more awareness, but I think it, I think I put the I put the onus on. Uh, our, our beneficiaries and, and the people that are injured I think we should go out there and portray a positive message and and just act as um, normal as possible and not and not feel that you rode owed anything or, or feel sorry yeah. for yourself that you should actually go out there and and um, say to people look I'm in a wheelchair but I'm pretty pretty normal really <laughs> um, yeah I'm, you know I'm just um, you know I'm, 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 I'm in a wheelchair but you know I, I crack on with life and and the wheelchair doesn't
1: define me. Yeah, I can remember at the uh, at the golf uh, the golf day one year there was a lad um, Billy Munger, who rec- who was recently just lost uh, lost two of his uh, of his legs in a in a racing accident and he was in a wheelchair and he don't the accident only happened very recently before that and he was struggling to get up the hill in his wheelchair and I remember two guys literally just put a golf club around his wheelchair when they were in a golf buggy and pulled him up the hill as if like it was the normalest thing ever but making light of it and making and it was amazing to see just there was no one going like oh are you okay it was more a case of come on then
0: yeah he um, first and foremost he's an amazing young man um, and what he's achieved is unbelievable since his accident. Um, yeah I think I met his parents and yeah, they just treat him as the same old belly. and um, which I think was uh I think it was crucial and didn't feel sorry for him. And he he's he's achieved amazing things. It was cracking on with life really. Um he's too busy to talk to each He's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, just, he's gone all he's, big time. He's gone all big oh, time now. He's in one ma- F2 or whatever. Massively big time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he, he is unbelievable. Um, and I think there's, if there's more people like Billy. And um, I think that was that's uh, crucial, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing you were, going back to the book, like one thing I thought you were able to get across in, in your book, Engage, which if people are looking out for a really good read, it's uh, it's Matt's Matt's story. And I think the one thing I loved about it was the honesty, what went into it, and how, I suppose just the way, I mean, the way it was written was, I thought was very, very good, how one, one page could have me in near tears and the next page would literally be laughing out loud. What was What was the process like in getting that onto paper, but also was that a therapeutic thing as well to do that?
0: Yeah, it was definitely a uh, cathartic writing the book. We, um, yeah, Paul, Paul and I probably took about four years to write the book from start to finish because Paul was writing for the Sydney Times at that point and he was jet-setting all over the world to, to interview uh, famous celebrities uh, in sport. But um, I think it was a blessing in the that as my life. Changed so much in those four years, um, and we had we had a good time doing it, but it was very very demanding and taxing on, the, um, and it was an emotional roller coaster writing the book, and he said, "Look, we're gonna have to go to some dark places that you don't want to go to." I was very sort of apprehensive when we when we were writing the book.
1: Hello, Normal Not Normal listeners. I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Yamaha, for sending me these headphones. Clearly, they saw the show and have noticed how annoying Oliver's drum is. I I don't know what they're talking about. So these are Yamaha E700A headphones, and they're headphones that adapt to you and your environment. They look cool, they're designed to produce sound that optimises and tune to whoever puts the headphones on. They also create a sound that is truer, not louder, so the sound is balanced even at low volumes. And the E700As are aware of competing external noises, so you don't need to crank the volume up when your environment changes. Like when Oliver bangs his drum, for example. Like this, like this. No. See, I can't hear you. Because finally, it creates a sound that cuts noise, not music. So it has active noise cancelling technology which carefully removes only background noise without processing any of the music signal so the music is left pure. I've been listening to a lot of heavy metal recently and you can hear every musical instrument and riff going. It is fantastic. And I can bang my drum as much as I like. Yes, you can. Thank you, Yamaha. Guys, if you want to find out more, head to yamahamusiclondon.com forward slash E700A. Yes, that's yamahamusiclondon.com slash E700A. Now, back to the show. Bang, bang, drum. Bang, bang, drum. Hola. See, Oliver, you can say hola without being aggressive. <laughs> what was that? What was that? That's me saying it. It's better than yours. Hola. This is hola it's welcoming it's it's very welcoming to this which brings me into this part of the show everybody hola it's that bit of the show where we read your stuff back to you so thank you so so much for everybody that sent everything in Mm -hmm. muchos muchos gracias so even that sounds aggressive (laughs) anyway anyway the questions today and these don't sound aggressive which i'm very happy for this voice note is from leah
0: hello james hi oliver i was wondering Is it normal or not normal to have your morning cereal with tap water instead of milk? Um, In my case I used to serve it with oat milk but then a friend of mine convinced me to try and serve it with just water and this is absolutely fantastic because basically it's like soaking oats in water to make oat milk and it tastes exactly the same. So yeah, um, thank you
1: everybody, and uh, have a very nice day. I'm going to answer this one, Leah. Have you heard of a thing called porridge, which does a very similar thing than that? Because I've got to be honest, I think your friend is winding you up, saying that oh yeah yeah, put some put some water in that. That would be good. Be a bit soggy. Yeah, I mean, well, it, well, I suppose it depends what type of tap water it is, really, you know. But I couldn't think of anything worse than putting tap water on cereal i've i've never actually been gone to that resort i i know that when whenever i'm having porridge or oatmeal depending where in the world you're listening to this uh things like coconut water or things like that work really well with with that but it's a different kettle of fish isn't it when you're when you're putting it in cereal but i mean if you enjoy it and you're not using up all the rest of the milk or other substitutes in the fridge that's great Fair play to you, Leah for, uh, for telling everyone about it, but I've got to be honest with you, I'm not going to be... I'll, I'll, I'm taking more satisfaction from your enjoyment in it than I could ever receive in doing it myself. I think you should give it a try. Anyway, moving on. I think I think we should listen to something else. So this voice note is from Sofia in Chile.
0: Hi, my name is Sofia, I'm from Chile, and
1: you know that not everyone has a twin, so my question is, what advantages and disadvantages rings having a twin? Thank you, Asfia. Thank you very much for that. I hope you're doing very well. Um, I've got to say, whenever I'm asked questions a bit like this, I don't know any different because, as you probably guess, I've been a twin all my life. Well, I don't know anything other than there's no real comparison to it because it's all we've ever known. So it's like me saying to you, "What's it like not being a twin?" You mm. know what I mean? And then you may you may romanticise about the fact that you know it could be like the parent trap or something like that, which doesn't happen very often i i would say i would say sophia the one pro you've always got someone to blame something on how's that you do you do that's good. and you could see what you could see you could see if you grew your hair out what would it look like or there not. you go there you go so the next the next voice note is from chloe
0: this is my question for your normal not normal podcast where was your favorite place to travel and what was your favorite memory when traveling to that place
1: very good question that chloe uh this whole lockdown time has really given me the the itch to go traveling because as some of you may know, we used to do a lot of that. So my favorite place to travel, um, I would have to say Yosemite National Park in California in the States. Absolutely fantastic times. I've been hiking, there, I've been camping there many, many times and just have such great memories of climbing all the mountains. So the famous one is Half Dome. That's the one which actually the North Face logo is. But there's another mount, another peak, further round the valley from that called Clouds Rest. No one ever goes up there, but it is the best view of the entire valley. So I definitely recommend if you're in Yosemite Park, hike to the peak of Clouds Rest, and you'll have an amazing view over the whole park. Bit of a did you know in there as well? Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. I think mine would be. There's a couple of places really. I I not think of it like for different reasons. Fiji, some amazing islands around there, big bulla to anyone in that part of the world. Australia, there's parts of the UK which are just absolutely stunning. Yeah, I think anywhere right now seems very, very appealing to go and check out. Very good, very good. Um, actually, before we continue, I just remembered. So, the other day I was having a, one of our cameo calls and I had a message from Iris and because it was our birthday a couple of weeks ago, for a birthday present, she adopted an elephant in an elephant sanctuary for me and has named him Ernie. So thank you so much for that. I was very, very touched by that. And thank you for helping out the, all the endangered elephants with that. So somewhere in the world, there is an elephant called Ernie, who is uh, technically my son, I guess. So <laughs> thank you very much. That brings us on to a very, very good segue for Cena's voice note. Did you know? Take it away, Cena.
0: Hi guys, you asked for random facts, so here's my one. If human beings see something that they think is cute, there is a certain area in the
1: brain that gets activated. Uh, we ca- uh, Let's just call it the cute area. And scientists have found out that if you show
0: an elephant the picture of a human being, this cute area in the elephant's brain gets activated. So. Elephants think we are cute, and I really like that thinking.
1: Uh, Elephants are awesome, aren't they? They really are awesome. They're very caring animals as well, elephants, which is absolutely brilliant. Really, really nice that they can do all sorts. Anyway, speaking of doing all sorts, Caitlin, who's 18, from Wales, England and France, says Hello, hello and bonjour. Do you like that? Do you like a little Welsh accent in there? Oh, is that Welsh? Sorry, Okay. I do, I do enjoy listening to the Welsh accent, it's very good. Anyway, going on from that, Caitlin says, did you know that the highest mountain that we have discovered so far is Olympus Mons, a volcano on Mars, which is 16 miles high. So that's three times the size of Mount Everest. So she actually suggests maybe James will be, like, to be the first person to, uh, you know, climb up it. Although it's still likely to be very active, so it wouldn't, would advise against it. I would be up for that challenge, why not? That'd be good fun. Bet the views would be good. Yeah. Look at that red rock over there. Do you reckon there's Martians? I reckon there's Martians that have climbed it. Who says that Martians have got legs? Me. No, but what's saying that Martians aren't just like a blob? How are they going to get around? Well, exactly. Like the blob? Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin also centres her understanding of what normal means to her. And it's all about the struggles between wanting to fit in and wanting to be our true selves. Caitlin, we just want to say to you, thank you so much for saying that. And you've really got us thinking. So Caitlin, keep being yourself. Thinking of what James would be like climbing to the top of Olympus Mons or anything like that. Keep being yourself, mate. Keep being awesome. And thanks for all the support. Our next Did You Know is from May in Israel. And May says, did you know Mark Zuckerberg, you know, Facebook founder, well, he's colorblind, and that's why the sign of Facebook is white and blue, because he cannot tell the difference between red and green. Very good, very good. Well, thank you, May, for that one. There you go. If you ever ever wonder why things are that colour, that is why for Facebook. Right, Okay. so now we have a voice note from Rosalie. Take it away, Rosalie. Did you know if you screamed continuously for eight years, Seven months and six days, you will create enough sound energy to make a cup of tea. Tell you what, you'd need a cup of tea after screaming for that long, wouldn't you? I prefer the more normal way of making tea, but that's still not as weird as that woman that puts tea in the microwave. Don't, don't. That was definitely clickbait, that woman. Thank you very much for that voice note, Rosalie. Very great to hear from you. And thank you very much, everybody, for your Did You Knows this week. Now we're going on to what is normal and this week we have it from Victoria who has a very amazing announcement about what her normal is now and what it will be in the very near future. Take it away, Victoria.
0: Hey guys. Hello from the United States. So for the past couple weeks, my normal has kind of been out the window, so to speak, because I had a major dental surgery and so I haven't been able to eat normally. I haven't been able to talk normally. But on the positive side, I've just found out that my normal is about to change for the absolute better because I've just found out that I have been accepted into graduate school. So starting in the fall, my new normal will be working on my master's degree in school psychology. So I'm very, very excited about that.
1: That's absolutely fantastic news. A huge, huge congratulations, Victoria. I hope you have such an amazing time at grad school. Congratulations again on all the hard work paying off in getting there, and I hope you go on to do such amazing stuff. So a big, big well done from everybody listening, everybody here at Normal Not Normal, and I hope you go on to have such a great time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much as well, Victoria, for sharing that with us as well, because your joy is our joy. So hopefully if anyone else is listening to that right now and thinking, i have always thought about doing grad school we'll take Victoria's example and go better yourself go be your best and keep being absolutely fantastic which brings us on to our jingle of the week and this is from Eve and Leela so thank you very much for this guys take it away
0: Oliver and James twins with the podcast when you upload a new one we get there so fast you two are so cool we totally love you when you don't pause we feel oh so blue
1: well guys I just want to say thank you for the effort it's brilliant brilliant effort <laughs> um it sounded like they would they were at like a karaoke bar do you know what I mean like just just singing together and uh, and letting loose which is what this is all about exactly it was absolutely brilliant to hear that actually I'll tell you what I tell you what can we play that again just let me let me just grab something. Right. Let's 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 play that again. I'll try and give it some rhythm. We're ready. Hang on. Let me just, let me get it going. Okay.
0: Oliver and James to win with the podcast. It's when we
1: blow a new one. Is no when you can you have no rhythm, Oliver?
0: You there
1: we go everyone's involved very much so so thank you very much for sending all of those in and please keep them coming like we said before if we don't get to read them out this week they'll be on a future show so please keep them coming to get in contact with us the email is normal not normal podcast at gmail.com that is normal not normal podcast at gmail.com or tweet us using the hashtags. Normal, not normal, or hashtag, did you know? And I have to add this for a legal bit. If you're under 18 years of age and send us a voice note or a jingle, please get permission from your parent or guardian first. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this little interlude of which we have done. Now we're going to get back to our lovely conversation with Matt Hampson. Do you find that um, like relationships with friends and family have changed since the accident um like some people not know or initially didn't know how to address it how to talk about it
0: yeah my, my friends and my family very much treat me as the same on that um i i'm fiercely independent um which doesn't always sort of work Um and i think i think that's very difficult sometimes for my my uh, family and my parents um because I'm almost too independent, um, and I've always sort of had to be. My mum said to me very early on on my accident, um, I'm, I'm your mum, and I want to continue to be your mum, and I don't want to be your care. And I think that's probably the best thing that my mum could have ever, ever said to me. Um, hmm. And I think uh, that's still been good stead for the foundation of my, of my life now.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so what's what's next for the centre then? Like, is there any any next phase? Obviously, you say there's the two annexes what are being built. Is there anything more more dreams for the future, anything like that?
0: I I want to make the the foundation. Um, I'm, I'm always striving for bigger and better. We would love to have a place up north and one down south, and then and then potentially one abroad.
1: Are you looking at like Barbados or somewhere like that for abroad?
0: sounds perfect it has been mentioned if you if you ballers can help us out then uh, yeah please I'll do some recce's around the world shall I I'm I'm happy I'm happy to
1: go and do some site visits if that's any uh, yeah I think I think maybe maybe Bermuda maybe something like that This time of year
0: well when you're shooting the next Harry Potter um, in in Watford put a good word in, <laughs> in Barbados yeah, yeah that would be easy
1: Yeah. so Matt what would, what, would you, what would you say then from from all this talking about we've probably used the word normal more than I thought we would do in this but what would you say no, what, what, what does that mean to you like what does a normal day look like
0: my life now is pretty mundane and normal um, but I think what, what keeps me sort of grounded is to my, my first and foremost my family wow. um, and my, my sort of uh, working class background and, and sort of origins um, and then and my care team as well to have around me and, and you know every day I have to do the same old routine which um, is sort of uh, graphically uh, told in the book um, and it takes me three to four hours to get up in the morning and that's what keeps me grounded and normal um, and actually Life's pretty good really. And for me normality is to be at home and, and cook. I love cooking. Um, I love food obviously by my physique. <laughs> well,
1: there you go, there's a question which we keep we keep having a bit of back and forth on this already, and Oliver gets a bit annoyed. With a pizza, is pineapple acceptable?
0: Yeah, I don't mind it. Thank you oh, very much. That. I think I think yeah, Hawaiian <laughs> pizza, my um, partner she's very much uh she, she loves her Hawaiian goose, and so yeah, excellent,
1: good to hear. Yeah. Thank you, Oliver. <laughs> so, what is what would say is the most normal thing about you?
0: I just said that during lockdown. I said, Well, I think I'm pretty normal, really. Everyone started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's not a good I, response. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I am, I am pretty quirky.
1: Uh, I've got a couple of quick fire questions which i tried to send over, but I'm not sure if they made it to you in time. So I apologise for that. I did try to Don't make this. out that you send them over. You never send them, <laughs> them over any week.
0: Here we it's go. It's always <laughs> I should have done I, I should have, would have, well, could You didn't get
1: the email. I used to use that excuse when I was at school, James, to get okay. homework let's, across. Oh, I didn't let's
0: let's not have a tiff. Come on, boys. Yeah. Okay, all we're, right. We're, we're on podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he gets a bit fiery. Um, so you've already pretty much answered uh, one of them. But first of all, what is your favourite book?
0: Um, I'm dyslexic, so I don't really read. Um, um, I read a... Well, I started to read a book um, on Francois Pino, mm-hmm. obviously the, the famous South African rugby player. Um, he, yeah, an amazing upbringing and, uh, yeah, just an amazing character. Man. Yeah. Uh, what's your favourite food? Oh, t- I'd say something Sunday dinner you can't beat. Sunday dinner can nice, you yeah. roast. Sunday Absolutely roast. beautiful and then, yeah. then look like a big dessert afterwards. Um yeah, that's that's probably my favourite food. Uh
1: favorite film?
0: Favourite film I've got to say, Shawshank Uh what's your
1: favourite song?
0: Um probably something by Oasis, something like that. Maybe like uh Live Forever or something like that by Oasis. Nice. Yeah.
1: I'm going to call these questions the 3am questions because at 3am other answers will come into your head. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, what out of any movie or TV show, what is your favourite quote?
0: My favourite quote, uh, oh, it's got to be "Get busy living or get busy dying." It's it's uh, the famous quote and um, of show Redemption, which is uh, yeah, an unbelievable quote. I don't, I don't know where it came from, but it's uh, absolute genius
1: definitely yeah, stuck and it's I, th- I, th- I don't think there could have been a better phrase for you to take up for your foundation and for everybody to take on because that is exactly what you guys have done thank you, thank you. Uh, but Matt just want to say thank you so much for, for joining us today and sharing your, your stories and the inspirational stuff that you guys are doing at the foundation long may it continue and uh, yeah just thanks again for joining us
0: no worries at all uh, you, you guys are pretty good at this yeah quite 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 impressed Got impressed I just
1: let him gas on and then I try and get a word in <laughs> it doesn't work always though
0: yeah apart from the uh, little spats in between yeah it's not bad yeah.
1: <laughs> working, working with your siblings Matt that's how, uh, that's how it's going to happen Abs-
0: absolutely yeah why
1: not <laughs> yeah. No, brilliant cool until next time Matt thanks again yeah, cheers
0: thanks. no worries at all
1: That was brilliant. I love talking to Matt. We've been lucky enough to do it a few times over the years, but to do it in such depth as well as today, um, I really, really enjoyed it. So I hope everybody listening and watching learns something and feels just inspired about it as I am right now. Thank you so much to Matt uh, for joining us. Very, very inspirational. And I hope you guys... Learned something, and please, I, I thoroughly encourage everybody to check out his stories, check out the his foundation, and um, hopefully it can inspire you as much as it has inspired us. Exactly, exactly. So, in terms of inspiring people, give us a "Did you know?" for today, then James. I'm trying to segue there quite quite organically. You tried; uh, it wasn't very it was good, though, was, was it? Did you know there are more twins on the planet than there ever have been? Well, I'd have thought there would be as the population are growing. That's not a fact. A fact. Yeah, of course it's a fact. A, fact. a fact. It's like saying, Did you know there's more dogs on the planet? How do you know there is? Well I assume there are. Well ha <laughs> you don't know that, do you? This has been proven. It's like saying, Did you know there's more people around today than there was yesterday? Well, there probably was. Exactly. <laughs> you're getting you're getting very lax with this now. Well I'm not, I've got <laughs> another one. Talking okay. about the world. The world has many countries, right? It does. One of these countries being yeah. Colombia. Right, okay, in South America. Hola. Hola, Colombia. There you go. So did you know that instead of writing things down in the old Incan empire, which is all around that part of the world, they used to keep records with knots. And so what they would do is they would use these things called a, I'm going to butcher it now, but I think it's pronounced a kupu. And right. they were tie knots, and that would uh, reveal their location and to anything that's relevant to stuff that's going on in the day. There's about 600 examples of these. On the same, on the same piece of string? No, there's, there's probably about, um, what, 30 strings in a row, but they've all got different knots in different parts of the string. Right. So it's kind of their lettering system? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay. What did they do with that then? I don't know, read it. You know, they, they rock up. Where's Gary today? Oh, I don't know, he's left, an, he's left a knot. Oh, he's bloody put it on the wrong way round, upside down, the string's the wrong way. No, he always says that. Oh no, it's blown together and now there's three knots together. So it could mean, maybe he just said, I've gone out to catch some rays or gone out to climb the, uh, the pyramid things what they built down there. Oh, they, they, Although it's all knotted together. Oh, it says he's gone to go fish a shark or something like that. Did you know... But they did have a lot of gold, though, didn't they? Look, shut up. Did you know water bottles, there's expirational dates on them, right? Did you know that is actually for the bottle and not the water? Because the bottle itself, if it's made out of plastic, will start leaking into the liquid. Yes, yes, which Bonnie told us all about this, didn't she? Which is why it's always great to have sustainable elements if you can. There you go. Um, yes, so the, yes, exactly. I, I believe you're right in that. All right. Here's a good one. It's a very good one, actually. So, did you know, once, true story, a yep. sea lion saved a man. There was a guy called Kevin Hines who jumped off San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge, yes. but he survived despite breaking his back. Right. And while it seemed he would not be around for much longer, a sea lion came to his rescue, swimming beneath him, keeping him afloat until the Coast Guard arrived. Really? There you go. Well, wow, what, what what happened to the sea lion? I don't know. He dropped him off and went on his way, I guess. Wow. But how amazing is that? <laughs> very cool, isn't it? Thank you very much for that fact. He was definitely a, he was definitely supposed to be around for better things, wasn't he? After jumping off there, and then a sea lion saves you. I mean, that is that it's a signs go of good things to happen. We were wondering the other day. My wife and I were talking. What do you think your spirit animal is? Spirit. Spirit animal? You mean like a Patronus type thing? Is that what they get out with? Not really a Patronus, but like if like so, if you were an animal, what would it be? And not by choice, but like your persona and all that kind of stuff. Mm I think something I think moody. Moody? No, I'm quite light-hearted. Like a stubborn mule. <laughs> no way. No. If anything, I'm more of a. Uh, I think I'd be a hippo. I think I'd be a hippo. Go at my own pace. I'll do exactly what I need to do to do it. Um, but, you know, I can be a bit, not dangerous, but I'll let you know when I'm annoyed. Okay. Well, what would you be? I'd be a dog. What type of dog? Probably a, um, I think i to say a bearded collie like Tonto. I like to be outside. I like running. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'll always go hiking. So I yep. used to be from the highlands. From um, the highlands yeah. yeah, there you go. That's what I'm going to go with jolly good jolly good and I make a funny sound when I wake up as well apparently well, like, uh, like Tonto does he goes oh. excellent, excellent there you go oh, there's a random image thing is everyone's uh, everyone's face oh, or everyone's no, mind no, right no. now they are they're kicking off excellent. right on that note of uh, my dogs going wild thank you very much for listening this week thank you hang on hang for on watching. hang on I was going to tell you about my experiences at the shops today oh god go on then right pet peeve of the week. When you go in a car park, how do people think that by just putting an indicator on, it suddenly means that they're claiming that parking space? I'm in a car park, right? Guy pulls out in front, he drives off. I'm the next car to the parking space. Okay. See lady behind, stick her indicator on. I don't know what she's on about there, so I drove into the space, got out, and she stopped in front of my car, so I've already parked, she's stopped where my car is, winds down her window and starts saying, I was indicating there, I was indicating there. And I, I went up to her and said, so what? And she just said, I was indicating, I, I had that space. And I said, no, we're in, we're in the laws of the road or even human in?" Indi- indi- human endeavours has putting an indicator on mean that's my space even though you're behind the car in front of you where does that come into it to which she said well it's always been the way hasn't it to which I laughed and she said don't laugh at me don't laugh at me I'm older than you to which I said right okay well I'd fire you I'd best hurry up and find a space then and I've never seen a 106 Peugeot do a wheel spin and drive off in such a huff yeah I think you should just start going somewhere else well I might have to because I was worried about coming back to my car and it being keyed with this like this lady had just written on the back of it or something you know i would I would suggest something that you like either that. get the shopping delivered to you, you move, you just chill out a bit more well no no but here's the thing here's the thing if I'd have parked behind her and said I was indicating now I'm doing that." Right, I would see myself as in the wrong. But the fact that I just parked the car and I don't care if you're indicating or not, mate, if you're not next one to go in the space, indicating for anything in a parking structure isn't there. The point of indicating is to tell person is to tell someone on the road that you're going there. It's a signal. Do you know what you, you could know, have done? You could you have gone. walked there. You could have walked there with a backpack on, loaded your food up in your in your bag, in your backpack, and walk home. You could do that every couple of days. In in an evening or first thing in the morning, get your exercise in, and then you're not um, not looting the planet with your car. You're not a terrorizing elderly folk you're not going to run the risk of destroying your car see there's all these ways around this so instead right. of being a little loner right. here's what i'm not going to do here's what here's what i'm not going to do here's what i'm not going to do i'm not going to dress up like i'm going to go up a mountain with a like heli hansen on my back or something like that end up going into the supermarket have you got a bag for life no it's okay i've got a backpack what i've climbed a mountain with and then you know what's going to happen you're going to put it in the bread's going to come off this conveyor belt first you've got to leave that till last you don't want to squash it then the eggs are going to come out then you get the beans through or some or some tin we've left it to go a bit later on you cut right i've got to i've got to really think how i'm going to plan this in you don't have a to... whole weekly shop in your bag yeah you, what i'm saying you go oh, so, 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 what, so, what, so, so now i can't do a weekly shop now i've got to go in there and just go oh i'm sorry because this lady indicates on the car park means i've got to now i've got a trek a five mile round trip to just rock up oh by the way but don't worry i did get my backpack out what i haven't used for a couple of years because i haven't gone hiking or camping but yes yes and then you get there and go Are you collecting school vouchers? What? No. No, I am not. And by the way, this is my backpack. And yes, I will need an additional 20p for a bag for life because for some reason I can't seem to fit it all in because this bag isn't designed for shopping. It's designed for hiking. Thank you very much for that, Oliver. Hopefully we yes, can edit would I'd, I'd say it's my rant of the day. I'd say that my rant of the day is, or my rant of the week is literally just, if you're in a car park, indicating for a carping, car parking space is void. It means absolutely diddly squat. Just don't nip in front of someone who's going to have that space you're behind it respect the rules of the road and just let that person go for it end of end of really end of anyway thank you very much for listening thank you very much for watching uh again huge thank you to matt for coming on and telling us about his inspirational story is the amazing work that matt hampson foundation is doing please check it out online guys have a great week um stay out of car parks behind my brother and we'll see you next week Exactly. I do. I do need to add one more thing, James. What? If you're you're liking this podcast, please hit the subscribe button or uh, like or share with your friends and leave a nice comment. Or just thank you for listening. No, no, no. We don't want anyone to miss out on these amazing podcasts and these amazing uh, people who we're interviewing and talking to. So please click subscribe. You won't forget it. See? Because someone will already do it for you. There you go. Anyway, guys, we'll see you next week. Take care, and uh, yeah, don't be pushing that indicator button. Normal Not Normal is a stable production.